Okay. Um, Sister Pat, you read the commentary, and um, Nona will be reading the verses whenever we have to turn to a verse. Let us pray. Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for another day. Yes, Lord. That you have made, O oh Lord. Thank you for waking us up this morning and setting us on our different ways. Yes, Lord. And thank you for bringing us back, O oh Lord. Mm. Father, we didn't have to run around negatively. No bad news we did not receive and would not give. Father, we give you all the glory and all Hallelujah. But as many, O oh Lord, that are supposed to be in this class, wherever they are at this time, Mm. Heavenly Father, we ask that you will quicken their footsteps. Thank you, Lord. Those that are getting tired and getting weak, Father, we ask that you will strengthen them. Hallelujah. In thy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That traffic will not be a hindrance. Thank the you, distance Lord. they are coming from will not be a hindrance. Thank you, In Lord. thy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We commit our teacher into your able hands. We come and give the spirit Thank of discouragement. Lord. We ask, O oh Lord, for a fresh anointing upon him Thank tonight. You, Lord. That as your word, will as he begin to open our eyes to see your word. In different ways, O oh Lord. Father, Lord, his efforts will not be in vain. Amen. In the name of the Lord Jesus Amen. Christ. Thank you, Father, for hearing us and for answering Thank us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. We Amen. Pray. Amen. Amen. So we, we are b b before we start, we are in chapter Revelation chapter 14, right? Is that correct? And this is the last part of the third interlude. So we are still in the third interlude. Is that correct? So in chapter 12, we dealt with the woman and, um, and the dragon and all that. In chapter 13, what did we deal with? Oh, oh, this is chapter 13. Yeah, this is chapter 13. So we are dealing with the two beasts. And we started last week dealing with the two beasts. Amen. And what is, who is the first beast there? which is who we are looking at now, the Antichrist. Huh? And the second beast is going to be who? The false prophet. Are you all following? Yep. Mm -hmm. The false prophet. Are, are you are you following? The f the first beast is who? The Antichrist. So we have to understand that clearly, clearly. The second beast is who? The first prophet. The first prophet. So the 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 Bible at this stage in chapter fourteen uses in chapter thirteen uses such words as dragon for the devil, huh? Uh, the two beasts, uh, and as the context shows, the first one uh, in the chapter is the Antichrist. And the next beast that we are going to read as we continue is the who? The false prophet. So there you have the satanic trinity. Remember when the first beast 
cake came out. He came out from the sea. Is that correct? And uh, who did he meet when he came out? He met somebody. Go to verse 1. Mm-mm. In verse 1 of 13. Uh-huh. Read. Uh-huh. Did you start from verse 1? Okay. The beast coming out of the sea. Right? That's it. I think the dragon was standing somewhere. The dragon stood on the sand uh-huh. of the seashore. Did you notice that? So it's like the dragon was waiting for him to show up so that he can give him power to go and do whatever he will do in chapter 13 and 14. Amen? Are you, are you in chapter 13? Praise God. Mm-hmm. Always remember Revelation 13 with the activity of the beast. The two beasts. Amen? And that seemed to be a major part of the period of tribulation. That seems to be the center of the period of tribulation. And remember it's the three years and a half from what we read last week. Are you, are you all following? I'm giving you these, these pointers so that when we start reading, it will be easier. So that's the beast, Revelation 13. Um, somebody once told me that most buildings in New York don't have 13th floor, and they want to associate with the Revelation issue. I don't know. I didn't follow up. Uh, I, I did not follow up. I'm, I'm, you know, I just had a person. I said, okay. And he said, especially the Jews don't like that number. Whatever. I, you know, I'll follow. I'll find out. But that's where we are now. Amen? So why not you read from verse 1 first, and then we start, we join, start uh, analyzing from, because we analyze the first three verses. Is that correct? So Chico, we are still in the third interlude. Okay, so and this is the last part of the third inter- interlude. No, that's not the last part. Uh, the last part will be chapter fourteen. It will end. The third interlude will end in chapter fourteen. Amen. Then the the seven bowls will start in chapter fifteen. All right, let's go. Verse one. And the dragon stood on the sand of the seashore. Then I saw a beast coming out, coming up out of the sea, mm-hmm. having ten horns and seven heads, and on his horns are ten diadems, mm-hmm. and on his heads were blasphemous names. Mm-hmm. What else to read? Comment yeah, on. read the next verse. No, we, we will start commenting from verse um, four. So keep, so keep reading the verse, verses. Verse two. Uh-huh. Verse two now. Go ahead. Verse 2. And the beast which I saw was like a leopard, and his feet were like those of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his throne and great authority. Notice that the dragon gave him his power. That was when the dragon gave him his power and what? His power and his throne. And what else? And great authority. Stop right there. That's a counterfeit of something. Is that correct? That 
And I want you people to tell me what it is a counterfeit of. Both what was done and the event, both the action and the event are counterfeit of something. Counterfeit of two other things. The Trinity presented there. That we, we've dealt with the Trinity. I'm talking about the event and the action there in that verse only. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. How is that a counterfeit of something, two other things? It's a counterfeit of two other... The cross, the death, and... Uh, no. Read it again. Read second verse again. And the beast which I saw was like a leopard, and his feet were like those of a bear, mm-hmm. and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. Uh-huh. And the dragon gave him uh, his... That, from there now, pay attention. Stop right there. Pay attention. I'm testing you. I want you to think. No, we be, before we get here, you're, you're on the right track. You're on the right track for one. Um, so, and the dragon gave him what? His power. Who is who, who is him? The dragon gave the power to the beast. To the beast, uh-huh. his power. What else did he give his him? Throne. His throne. What else and, did he give him? And great authority. And great authority. And I say to you, that's a counterfeit. Both the event, what was going on there, and the very act. And the persons involved are counterfeit of something real, something original. Yes, Chigo? That is the, the throne at which Christ will reign uh-huh. on earth. Uh-huh. Then Satan represents God the Father. Uh-huh. So empowering the beast with mm-hmm. all these uh, attributes. Okay. So to, to, it's a counterfeit of what Christ is to his church. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Let me put it this way. You, 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 you made a lot, a lot of inroads. Okay. L- let me put it to you this way. This is a counterfeit of the Father giving his authority, throne, which is under word for kingdom, and power, anointing to Jesus. Do you understand that? Now, I want you to pay attention. Remember that the devil had wanted to give this same thing he's giving to the Antichrist here. He wanted to give them to Jesus and at the temptation. And Jesus turned him down and rebuked him. Do you understand? Jesus will not fall. Jesus knows, no, if I'm going to be the Christ and the Messiah, it's not going to be from you. It's going to be from the true God, my Father. Do you understand that? Now, the Antichrist, didn't, the devil didn't give up. He will find a man who is power hungry that he will make the same offer to. And they, that man, because he's power hungry, will take. And there he found his man. Is it clear to you now? Huh? <laughs> That's level one. Let's go to level two. Can you get level two? I wish I can spare some $5. I would have said $5 for correct answer. Level two. Counterfeit. Another, okay, because of time, let me give it to you. When Jesus came as a Christ and accomplished the work, he called the church and handed over to the church. What did he give to the church? Let's go. His power, that's the anointing. When he said, 
When did, that's, when did it happen? Church, come on. When did it happen? Because some people are still waiting for it to happen, but it has happened. When did he give the power? Came out of the grave. No. No. Pentecost. Pentecost. Before he Pentecost say you shall receive what? Power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Acts chapter one, verse eight. Chapter two, the Pentecost came. They received power. So it's wrong for us now. You know, the, the, the devil is so determined and very more interested and zealous than Christians. The devil, the Antichrist never, will never go to the devil and say, give me power now and pray and fast to receive power. He received power. Okay, the church has received power. The thing is that we are not willing to even come and show up. Okay, what else did, they, did Jesus give to the church? Quickly, let's go. Strong. I, you, now you see why it's taking us too long to finish this study. We, we, you know, we could have read, but in that way you can't. You understand what I'm saying? People have to understand where we're coming from. Or we have to finish the book of Revelation too. No, that's not what I'm doing. I want people to see things. and Even though it shouldn't take us forever, but who cares? Are we all following? What else did Jesus give to the church? Authority. Authority. When he gave us, and when did he give us authority? I'm going to ask you direct because I've been teaching these things for years. When did he give us authority? Mm-mm. Authority and power are different. No, now you're on the right track. When now? Tell me when. You're right. 28, 18. Yes, that's when he gave them the authority. He gave the authority first. When he came out from the grave. And what is the authority of Jesus to us? His name. His name. His name. People don't get these things. His name. So when he came out of the grave, he gave them authority. But he said, wait. (laughs) Until you receive power. Are you all following so, again, again, what else did the dragon give to? Great authority. And what else? His power, his throne. His throne, his kingdom. Did Jesus give us the kingdom of God? Yes. Hebrews 12 said we received a kingdom. Acts chapter 1. Is it at this time you are going to give the kingdom to Israel? He said, it's not me for me to fix, but you shall receive what? Power. After the Holy Spirit has come for you, and you shall. Okay? When you say, go and have dominion, I give you the kingdom. The kingdom of God will be taken from this nation and given to another nation. Did you see that? So the church has these things. And what they... What, what is it? The beast is receiving from the dragon. There is counterfeit. And woe to any servant of Jesus Christ who will go and receive that kind of power. And that's what they are doing today in Babich and everywhere, receiving this power, occult, corrupt power. All right? All right, move on quickly. Is that, was that diversion worthwhile? Okay. It, go ahead. Verse 3. I saw one of his heads 
as if it has been slain. Uh -huh. And his fatal wound was healed. Okay. And the whole earth was amazed and followed after the beast. Top right there. The counterfeit of something. That's the counterfeit of something. What is it? That whole thing you read there is a counterfeit of something. And then, yes, that's one part. Before we get to that, still where you are, yeah, as the lamb who was slain. Mm -hmm, that's one part. No, before you get there, I will remind you. Yes. Yes, that's the part he's talking about. Yes. What's the glorious part of the cross? Resurrection. Don't you see there is a fake resurrection? Do you see, see why I say it's one part? Yeah, the one. death is one part. The death of Jesus without resurrection is incomplete. Resurrection is actually the summit, the climax. That's what makes us who we are. The death, the, listen to me, the significance of the death is dying is about ending Adam's destiny upon us. Ending the life and the heritage that we had in Adam. That's what the death and burial represented. But the resurrection represents a new heritage. The heritage of the new man. The heritage from heaven. And you know what? What makes the church shine is the resurrection. And you know what? What amazed us was the resurrection. Now you see the beast there wounded and then he was, he, he's, he's, he's healed radically, miraculously. And the whole world was what? Amazed. And what do you think they would do after they were amazed? They follow him and start worshipping him. But we saw the true thing and we followed Jesus. So we are rest assured. We, we are on the right path. See, we have the real thing and the people are struggling for the counterfeit. That's why if only, I tell you, demons and these evil forces, how excited at having the fake. How energized, how interested, how empowered. You know, they, they're zealous. Meanwhile, Christians who have the real thing are not zealous. You have to drag them out to come to Bible class to learn these things. On, on Sunday morning, you have to plead with them to come to church. No, I don't know if anybody's following what I'm saying. Huh? <laughs> that's, that's unbelievable. You know, so counterfeit upon counterfeit. And that's what you're going to see from here on. I will, I will give you the summary before you came in. All right? Let's move on now. Verse 4 now. Now we're going to verse 4. That's where we're going to begin today. Verse 4. They worshipped the dragon because he gave his authority to the beast. Mm -hmm. And they worshipped the beast saying, who is like the beast and who is able to make war with him? Did you see that? Counterfeit. Okay. What is being counterfeited here? Are there counterfeit persons there? Who are they? The beast? Counterfeit of who? Jesus. Of Jesus, the son? The dragon? Counterfeit of who? God the father. Now, what, let, let's now see. Are there counterfeit responses there? Counterfeit responses. We've seen counterfeit persons. Yeah. 
What are the counterfeit responses? No. Look at that. That's you start. Why don't start from the beginning? Counterfeit response. And they worship the beast. Worship. They worship the who? The dragon. The dragon. Why? Because he did what? He gave his authority to the beast. To the beast. Why do we worship God the Father today? Because he gave his authority to Jesus. Do you understand? And Jesus used that authority for our good. So we worship the Father. Don't we say, thank you, Father. We worship the Father. Are you following? And then response number two. Mm-hmm. How would you put those words? What are those, those words represent? Huh? What do they represent? Yes, what particular part of worship? Come on now, this tonight is hot. Adoration. Come on. Amen? Did you follow? It's praise, but it's most... Ex- I told you the difference between thanksgiving, praise, and adoration. Is that correct? Can somebody help me? Thanksgiving, what is it? Acknowledgement of his goodness, his mercy, his loving kindness. Huh? That's thanksgiving. Praise. His greatness, his power, his splendor, his majesty. Huh? Adoration. His uniqueness. The uniqueness of his person is called holiness. By which he is apart from and above all God's man creation. Nothing is like him. That's adoration. Now, the taking adoration that belongs to Jesus and giving it to the beast. The one that belongs to the father, they gave to the dragon. Are you all following? Is it making sense? You see, the book of Revelation could have been hard for you to understand if not for this class. Is that correct? So when you begin to see things, that you say, uh-huh. Is it making sense now? Amen. So if you don't have this background information, you read this, you keep going. It doesn't make sense to you. All right, let's read the outlines, the part. Obviously, this exhibition of dramatic death revival experienced by the beast was empowered by Satan, the dragon, and therefore... Satan, the dragon, my, my fault. Okay, ca- ca- cancel the first comma. Okay, Satan, the dragon, mm-hmm. and therefore a false miracle. Mm-hmm. And, for the, and for that reason, a lying sign and wonder. Second Thessalonians 2. Did, did you notice that? That's a lying sign and wonder. Is it a sign? Yes. yes. Is it a wonder? Yes. But not every sign and wonder is from God. We, when you come to this part of the study, you know that and you keep it in mind. Not every sign and wonder. Many Christians don't know that. And if they don't know, they don't care. As long as they get what they want. Read Second Thessalonians 2. 8 to 11. What can you tell me about Second Thessalonians? Anybody quickly? Come on. Give me a summary. What's Second Thessalonians about? We've said it in this class. Mm, that's only a content of it. What's the theme? What's the, what can you pick about Second Thessalonians? What does it talk about the most? Huh? 
It's prophetic. It talks about the return of Christ. It talks about the end time. Are you following? So, so it's one of those books. And one of the passages in the Bible, along with Daniel, Ezekiel, Zechariah, Matthew 24, Mark 13. Amen. All right, moving on. Daniel, right? All right, moving on. Second Thessalonians 2, 8 to 11. Uh-huh. Is, then, uh, and and uh, that's where Paul discussed the Antichrist more than any other place. Amen? So what you're going to read now is about the Antichrist there. It's called man of lawlessness or perdition there. But where we are reading Revelation is called the beast. Is that correct? It's the same person. So let's see. Go ahead. Then that lawless one will be revealed, mm -hmm. whom the Lord will slay with the breath of his mouth. Who is and that? Who is the lawless one? Uh, no, the Antichrist. Antichrist. The beast. The beast. Amen? And who is the Lord there? Who is the Lord in that line? Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. Amen? All right. Continue. Reveal whom the Lord will slay with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end by the appearance of his coming. That is the one whose coming is in accord with the activity of Satan. With all power and signs. Where, where are we? Do I have that? What you're reading? He said the message is clear, right? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Okay, he says the it begins with the message is clear. No, it's beginning then that lawless one. Will oh, you're reading from the Bible now. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I thought I had the passage here. Yeah. Uh-huh. That is the one whose coming is in accord with the activity of Satan, uh -huh. with all power and signs and false wonders, and with all deception of wickedness for those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. For this reason, God will send upon them a deluding influence so that they will believe what is false. Did you notice that? Huh? The activity say he's coming, the lawless one who's coming is in accordance with Satan. It's referring to what we read in verse 1. Remember how Satan gave him the authority and power and sent him. You remember? He came out of the sea and met Satan at the, at the bank of the river, right? Of the sea. And Satan gave him authority. That's the, the, what Paul is saying here literally is that Satan sent him the way God the Father sent the Christ Jesus. Amen. And when he came, he came with signs and wonders, which was the counterfeit of what Jesus did, too. Amen? And he said that the, the, the difference is that those who believe him are those who want to believe him because they rejected the love of the truth. Take, for instance, anybody who was supposed to be where he should taught the word of God, and he doesn't show up. And then the beast comes, and he begins to show him signs and wonders. Do you understand? Because he didn't want, he didn't have the love for, of the truth. Praise God. All right, mo moving on. Go ahead back to the outline. The message is clear. The, this beast, which will be the ultimate human embodiment of evil and Satan's prime agent at the end of the age, will exhibit certain extraordinary signs and wonders by the aid of evil authority and power, which, which he will vested with by Satan. Mm. Satan's goal is that with such an evil power, the beast 
would exhibit unimaginable but poor signs and wonders by which he would turn humanity's allegiance or loyalty and worship away from Almighty God, the Creator, and to himself, the fallen angel and imposter. Mm -hmm. This is the essence of idolatry. Satan has always sought such allegiance or loyalty and worship from humanity and creation. It was, in fact, such a futile ambition that turned him from the status and nature of a holy angel known as Lucifer to the embodiment of evil and an adversary of God and his people known as Satan. This culminated in his fall from the heaven of God's immediate presence to the mid-heavens and later to the earth. Stop right there. Isaiah 43, how are you, you know, talks about the fall of Lucifer. Amen? And Revelation 12, 11, 12. We won't go get, get into those verses now. Continue with the outline. And in keeping with such a misguided ambition, Satan has always sought men through whom he would procure such worship. Earlier on, he has sought in it. And he has sought it in. Earlier on, he has sought it in and through Jesus of Nazareth, the true Christ. But that was at the temptation in the garden. The garden. Amen? All right. But having been harshly rebuked by Jesus on that occasion, he patiently and relentlessly waits for the false Christ or Antichrist referred to here in Revelation 13.4 and elsewhere as the beast. Did you notice that? So Satan is waiting for that man. That man has not emerged. And uh, over the years, and that's one thing you need to avoid, people have anybody that shows up, they say he's the Antichrist. And that's the, one of the problems that some Christians have used to make people turn away from the truth. Because, uh, and the thing is that you don't have much prophecies, prophets, prophetic things now in the, in the 80s and 90s, that was what was reigning. My goodness, they spent the whole half an hour on TV trying to find out. See that the president of who the Antichrist is, see that the president of the United States, or the Pope, or this, or that. Even Obama was called Antichrist. And then when somebody who's acting like Antichrist showed up, then nobody's calling Antichrist. It's just crazy. <laughs> you know, so we have to be careful. The truth is this the spirit of Antichrist has been around, is around. Antichrists are, have been here, and they are still around. But the Antichrist has not come. Amen? You always understand that. That's a source of confusion to a lot of Christians. And Satan is waiting for him to show up. Amen? All right, moving on. It is also worthwhile to examine the words with which unrepentant humanity had responded responded to the beast following his exhibition of counterfeit, satanic or evil power and the culminating, culminating first sign of or miracle of dramatic death revival. Did you understand that? How they, re they responded with his, to his sons and wonders, mm -hmm. especially his being fatally wounded and immediately he, he healed, healed and rose up. Amen? So it is, it is worthwhile to examine the word with which they praise him. Amen? All right, go ahead. 
Here are the here are the worshiping words on repentant humanity offered to the beast, and by implication, ultimately by Satan the dragon. To Satan. To Satan. The dragon. The dragon. Who is like the beast, and who is able to make war with him? Did you notice there? Remember, we sing a song in the Revelation. It's like unto thee, O Lord. Who is like unto thee, O Lord? You understand what I'm saying? There's adoration to God. And these idol worshippers are bastardizing it, corrupting it. So shouldn't that make us, when we sing ours, we sing it real good. A minute, and dance it, and shout it. Praise God. And these things matter to God. They matter to God. When you come to church service, they read songs like this. You don't get sleepy and droopy and all that. You really wake up and declare because the devil doesn't want to hear it. And by your confession, these ones are nullified. There are places people are offering these words to the devil today. They have already started doing that. Do you understand? Do you know there's a church known as Church of Satan? That's Satan worship. And what they do, Church of Satan does, is that they take everything in Christianity and turn it upside down. They have a cross that they turn upside down. They have a creed that's a reversal of the Christian creed. Are you following? So we are up against things which we need to prevail over. Go ahead. Clearly. Clearly, the first part who is like the beast are words of adoration, extolling the uniqueness of his person, and the second phase, who is able to war, to make war with him, mm-hmm. are words of praise, extolling him. Did you notice that? You see the difference? Mm-hmm. All right. Extolling his counterfeit of false power. In the Bible, such adoration and praise are meant to be offered to none else, but to the one through triune God. Yet, here in Revelation 13, 3 to 4, such adoration and praise that are made for the worship of the true God are offered by unrepentant humanity to the beast Antichrist and ultimately the dragon Satan. This plain, simple... This is... Oh, this, this is... This, this is, is plain mm-hmm. idolatry. This is plain, simple idolatry. Plain, simple idolatry. Mm-hmm. The counterfeiting of worship made for the true God and his Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, and the rendering of it to Satan and the Antichrist. Is that clear? Okay, verse 5, quickly, let's go. Verse 5, there was given to him a mouth speaking arrogant words and blasphemies, and authority to add for 42 months was given to him. Who, who, who was given to who? Who is the one it was given to? The beast. And remember, we are still on the first beast. Uh, because there's another beast in this chapter. Who is the first beast? The Antichrist. Who is the second beast? The first prophet. Very good. Amen. Okay, verse 5. Okay, verse five. commentary. There is no question that the Antichrist that John is speaking of here as the beast is the same person Daniel has spoken of as the little horn. Among the four horns he has seen in his own apocalyptic vision. Daniel 7, verse 8. Mm-hmm. There in Daniel, this little horn was said to possess 
to, to possess, possess eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth uttering great boast. Daniel 7, 8 and 20. And, this, and with this mouth, he will speak out against the most high and wear down the sense of the highest one. Daniel 7, 25. So both Daniel and John were seeing the same person at different points in time. You notice the similarity. Eh? All right, go ahead. Of course, it was, the, it was the dragon, Satan, who had earlier on given him authority, power, and a throne, who now also gives him a mouth and a voice with which to blaspheme the true God and his people. Such blasphemy was not only about the speaking of words and denigrate, that denigrate, that denigrate disparage, or insult Almighty God. It was also about the beast speaking of words by which he defies. Deifies. By which he defies. No. Deifies. Deifies. Deifies himself or arrogates to himself the status and attributes of true deity or divinity. In other words, he does not only insult God and denigrate God. He uses the same mouth. After he insults God and denigrates God, he makes people feel... That he is the God, the true God. Boasts and arrogant, arrogance and blasphemous boasts. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. The period of 42 months was allotted to the beast by the dragon, within which he, the beast, would exercise the dragon's authority to act on his behalf. Mm-hmm. This time period alludes to the last half of that season of intense or unprecedented persecution of the church on earth by the Antichrist and his, for, and his evil forces, known as the Great Tribulation. The final 42 months period... This final. This final 42-month period is a season of, of the fierce, fiercest of the persecution that will be meted against the church by the Antichrist and his forces. So I want you to bear in mind that this season of the third interlude, I think from the blowing of the trumpets through the third interlude, is the time of the great tribulation. Amen? So you understand? Because when we are doing the eschatology, we studied the time of great tribulation on its own. Is that correct? As a topic. Now, if you, now we are studying the book of Revelation. We are not studying topic by topic. We are going through you understand what I'm saying? Order of events. So we are at the present time, from the time of the trumpet through to the third interval. And you're going to see, it's, it's a, it appears to me that when the seven bulls start, it's now God pouring his own wrath. Uh, not the devil now. Now the devil is on the receiving end. When you see the 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 the, the bulls, the devil and those who have got the mark of the beast will be the target of the plagues. They were the target of the trumpet, but it looks like during the last half, the devil of the of the of the time of tribulation, the devil now rose up after the trumpets. The devil seemed to have risen up to destroy God's people out of existence. That's the part we are reading now, chapter 13. Are you following? Because 
The devil gave the authority to the beast after the seven trumpets. Remember, the seven trumpets have been. It's like after the, the seven trumpets, also remember, is God's judgment on them. And at the same time, God intended that through the, that judgment, many of them will repent. Is that true? But remember, when we were reading it, they refused to what? Repent. Is that correct? So instead of repenting, now the false prophet, now the Antichrist, now came up. These are people who have gone through the fierce anger of God through the trumpets. They saw an Antichrist and started worshiping him. Do you understand? That's what we said earlier. People forget easily. Now they stop, start worshiping him and join with him to now persecute God's people. This is the last three and a half years of the period of tribulation. And God was watching them. But God protected his people. When you go to chapter 4, you notice that God's people, the 144,000, came out of this experience and stood on Mount Zion with the Lord. They came out. And after God has seen that they came out, he began his own wrath. He began. You see angels coming out with a, and Jesus showed up with a sickle, sharp sickle for harvest. He was ready now for harvest. And the angel was coming out from the mountain and asking him to reap the harvest. And then the first thing he did was to gather his own people out again. That's the grain harvest. We're going to see that in chapter 4. And after he gathered the, the grain harvest, then he set the un unrepentant apart, and immediately he gathered them, he began the seven bowls. Are you following? Very interesting. You can never be confused again about the end time if you study the book of Revelation very well. You, you can, nobody can fool you. Are, are, we, are we following? So here is the beginning of the last you notice the beast showed up and he gave him authority and power. It's like finish God's people, let's take the kingdom of God. That was their thinking. Uh, but you know that God is never pushed into a situation. He will sit back and be watching. <laughs> God has no emergencies. I want you to know that. He's never driven by emergency. He will sit back. He will cry. God, don't you see what's happening? He will sit down. <laughs> And then when he stands up, nobody will tell you to take your thing and go. Praise God. Are we following? So let's read that. Verse 6 now. Mm -hmm. And he opened his mouth in blasphemies against God mm -hmm. to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle. Mm -hmm. That is those who dwell in heaven. Mm -hmm. this that's verse 6. Mm -hmm. This blasphemy, this Blasphemies. Notice he opened his mouth in blasphemies. I, I want us to do this. I want us to understand. If you, if you look at verse 5, he was given a mouth. Is that correct? Huh? He was given a mouth to speak arrogant things against God, right? Okay. What can you say? Is there a counter, counterpart to that? Is there a counterpart to that experience? The dragon, the beast was given a mouth by the dragon to do what? Speak. Huh? Blasphemy is against the true God. Is there a counterpart to that? God has given us mouths to do what? Twofold. To exalt 
him on one hand and to lash out at the enemy. But guess what? Guess who is using their own more effectively and better? The enemy. God said in the Old Testament, I wish I will I'll find that scripture. He said he has prepared a people for praise. And who is the people he has prepared for praise? The church. He said he has created praise in their mouth. Turn with me now for this moment. I just the Holy Spirit just gave me the scripture. Go to Hebrews thirteen. Hebrews thirteen. Because mouths are important. Remember confessions? Remember the power of the mouth? There's power in mouth. And the Antichrist was using his own. And look at, he, he used it to blaspheme against God and wear out the sense of the Messiah. But we, we have been given a mouth to exalt God, to lash out at the enemy. Amen? Yeah. And to wear him out. We are ought to be the ones that will wear him out. Praise God, before he wears us out. And you know how we can wear him out? By praise. By thanksgiving unto God. By praise unto God. By adoration. Listen. By testimony. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. Because he has given us a mouth. Listen. By proclamation of the gospel. By evangelism. We wear the devil out. Are you Revelation 13? Or Hebrews 13? Read verse 12. Let me see if that's where we are. Where I want Verse 12. Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people through his own blood. No, go to f- 15. 15. Through, hi- through him, yes. then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. Mm. That is, the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. The fruit of lips that do what? Give thanks to his name. Let us continually. We counter the devil. Out of the mouth of babes and what? Sucklings. Thou had ordained what? Do you know when he says in the book of Revelation, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of the testimony. Who did they overcome? The devil, the dragon, and this antichrist who is blaspheming against God. Saints use their mouth to overcome them. Amen. If it were the kinds of saints we have today, moody people. We are happy on Sunday. Monday, we start being miserable. Tuesday, we are losing heart. Wednesday, we are panting. Thursday, we are giving up. Friday, we are sick and tired. Saturday, we are asking ourselves, what, what are we doing here? Sunday, they overcame him. And they did not fear their life unto the dead. Praise God. Are you all following? Continue. What verse? Uh, six. Okay, go ahead. The blasphemies. The blasphemies and the arrogant words that the beast spoke by virtue of, of the authority and great mouth given to it by the dragon in verse 5 were particularly directed against God and his people. Referred to here in verse 6 as God's tabernacle and those who dwell in did you notice that? Okay, amen. 
God's tabernacle. Who is God's tabernacle today? The church. Uh, and notice it says who, those who dwell in heaven. The Bible actually says our conversation is in heaven. It says we are the church and the assembly of the firstborn, whose names are written where? In heaven. Hebrews 12, from 22. Continue. By such, By such words, the beast will essentially seek to profane or desecrate the sanctity or holiness and glory of the name and person of Almighty God by speaking <laughs> slanderous, slanderously and irreverently, irreverently. irreverently of him and his people. Mm -hmm. In a general sense, and particularly in the Old Testament, God's tabernacle is a reference to a physical or structural place for the dwelling <laughs> of his Holy Spirit or presence and where his people met, met, meet with him. However, in the New Testament, the tabernacle of God is essentially God's presence among his people, namely the redeemed in Christ. Amen. We don't, we don't need to go through those scriptures, right? We know them already. John 1, 14 says, and he came, he took flesh and dwelt among them. Matthew 18, 20, wherever two of you, more of you are gathered together in my name, I am there. Each, it talks about God's presence among these people. Acts 7, 48, the Most High does not, no longer live in houses or temples made with hands. Amen? 1 Corinthians 3, 16. Your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 5.11. Amen? No, 5.1. Come out from them and so on, and I will dwell among you, and so on and so forth. All right. This is why. This is why the expression, his tabernacle, indicates his indwelling presence in, his, in the person of the Holy Spirit among his people, who are referred to here as those who dwell in heaven. Mm -hmm. As to a way... As to a way the beast may have blasphemed or spoken and acted arrogantly against God's people, we may once again get some glimpse from the apocalyptic vision of, David, uh, of Daniel, where it was said, And he, and the he goat, magnified himself exceedingly. And when he was strong, the great horn was broken. And instead of it, there, instead of it, there came up. Four instead of it, sorry, instead of my, it, my fault. Instead of it, there came up four notable horns towards the four winds of heaven. And out of one of them came forth a little horn, which waxed exceedingly great towards the south and towards the east and towards the glorious land. And it waxed great even to the host of heaven. And some of the hosts and of the stars it cast down to the ground and trampled upon them. Yea, it magnified itself, even to the prince of, of the host, and it took away from him the continual burnt offering, and the place of his sanctuary was cast down. And the host was given over to it together with the continual burnt offering, through transgression, and it cast down truth to the and it cast down truth to the ground, and it did its pleasure and prospered. So Daniel 8, this 8 is Daniel's at a certain place. Amen? From these words of Daniel, From go ahead. From these words of Daniel, it appears that the stars, spoken of both here and in the book of Revelation, where they are referred to as the third of the stars of heaven, 
who were cast away and thrown to the ground by the, by the tails of the red dragon. Revelation 12, 4. Our sense of God or God's people, whom the beast or antichrist will cast down, trampled upon and blaspheme at the end of the age. Did you notice that? That's what will happen at the last part of the uh, time of great tribulation. The beast will really go after God's people. A lot of them will be martyred. Amen? Praise God. Are you, are you tired? <laughs> Physically, we came in tired, right? But we're being refreshed and revived. Verse 7. Verse 7. It was given to him to make war with his sins and mm. to overcome them. Mm-hmm. An authority over every tribe and people and tongue and nation was given to him. Did you notice that? Doesn't that make you ask questions? Was given to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. All right, we're going to find out what that means. Praise the Lord. The beast, the Antichrist. Very good question. You know, so, all right, let's go on with the commentary. The beast intensifies. Is manifestation of enmity and mm. aggression against God and his people. Mm. Here he progresses from merely blas- blaspheming them to making war with or undertaking a campaign of direct warfare against the sense of the Most High God. Is that clear? Is what you're reading clear? Yes. All right, continue. Satan's purpose and plan is that through such campaign of hostility, through such a campaign, such as a campaign of hostility and aggression against God's people, manifested in the form of unprecedented pressure, persecution, and affliction, he will conquer or overcome them, and consequently turn their faith, loyalty, worship, or service away from God and His Christ, and turn them to the dragon, Satan, and his and the, his beast, the Antichrist. Did you understand that? That's the purpose of Satan, to put pressure against believers, not against unbelievers. Can you imagine? Because to make war against the sense of God and to conquer them and subject them to pressure. Hmm. Amen? Huh? Oh, yeah, you, you have not seen anything. The seals, the, remember the seven seals have not even started. Uh, the trumpet hasn't started. These ones have gone through those ones. They, this is actually an interlude. Okay? After this, this, the seven trumpets. Amen? Le, uh, let me show you the principle here. Um... It just came to my mind now. Go with me to Psalms 125, verse 3. Psalms 125, verse 3. Somebody, no, no? Mm-hmm. Those who trust in the Lord are mm-hmm. as Mount Zion, mm-hmm. which cannot be moved but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem. Is that verse 3? 
Oh. For the scepter of wickedness mm -hmm. shall not rest upon the land of the righteous, so that the righteous will put forth their hands to do wrong. Did you notice that? That's a principle. The scepter of the wicked, that's God's plan for his people, shall not do what? Rest on the land allotted to the righteous. Why? So that the righteous, who? The ri not the unrighteous. So that the righteous, come on, will not do what? Put forth their hand to do what? To do wrong. You see, the righteous can do wrong under pressure. And that's the plan of the devil. <laughs> well, start from verse 1. Verse 1 is, 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 now verse 1 and 2 will make sense. Right? Let's pay attention now. Those who trust in the Lord are as Mount Zion, which uh -huh. cannot be moved, but abides forever. That if you continue to stand in the Lord, you will be like Mount Zion. No matter what the enemy brings, you will not be moved but you will abide forever. Abide where? In righteousness. Verse 2. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, mm -hmm. so the Lord surrounds his people. Mm. From this time forth and forever. Look at that. As the mountains surround Jerusalem. That's the physical. Look at how the mountains surround Jerusalem. Then you see in the spirit how the Lord surrounds his people. How long? Does it expire? Does it have expiry date? When? Forever. No, no, no. When? From this time From forward. now. Even when? Forever. And you know, that word forever means that whatever the devil will bring in the future, including what we're about to read, God has taken care of his people. Praise God. Are we encouraged? Amen. All right. So then verse 3. Verse 3 says, the scepter of the wicked. You know what the scepter represents? What does scepter represent? Authority. Remember, what did the beast receive from the dragon? Authority and power and truth. And who is the, who is the wicked there? The beast and the dragon. And unrepentant humanity. Anyone that's against God and against God's people is the wicked. Praise the Lord. Is it making sense? Amen. All right, moving on. The Bible is very interesting, very exciting. All right, moving on. We read Satan's purpose, right? Mm -hmm. Indeed. Indeed, both in Daniel 7, 21, and here in Revelation 13, 7, the beast would eventually conquer or overcome the saints. Mm -hmm. However, such victory will not be... You, you, you notice that the word conquer and overcome, we put them in, in quotes. Okay, yeah, go ahead. However, such victory will not be real victory, for he would not succeed in his ultimate plan of getting the saints to switch their... Favorite. In his what? Ultimate, ultimate plan. Okay. okay. Ultimate plan of getting the saints... To switch their faith and loyalty from God and his Christ to him and the dragon. The saints will not yield to his evil pressures. They will instead resist him to the point of death by the martyrdom. By martyrdom. By martyrdom. Okay. In fact, in the true spiritual evaluation, it is the saints who will through their costly defiance, defiance against the beast and his pressures and consequent martyrdom experience true victory. Revelation 12. Did you notice that? 
His purpose is to bring them down to... Even when he kills them, that's not victory for him. The death of the saints at that time is not defeat for God, not a defeat for God and for God's people. Are you, are you following? Amen. I want us to understand that. Uh, sometimes that things didn't turn out the way we wanted doesn't mean that we are defeated. Are you, are you all following? All right. Say, okay. Moreover, we also see in the, in the vision of Daniel. So, okay, sorry there. Okay, go ahead. Moreover, we also see in the vision of Daniel that in his campaign against the saints, ultimate victory will not belong to the beast, but to the saints of God by the intervention their of, the, God, of their God. Intervention of error. their God through his Christ. But we read, And I kept looking, and the horn was waging war against the saints and overpowering them. Until the ancient of this came. This is Daniel now. Yes. Have you been seeing the relationship between Daniel, Daniel and Revelation? Yeah. Amen. All right. Until the ancient of this came and judgment was passed in favor of the saints of the highest one. And the time arrived when the saints took possession of the kingdom. Okay, stop right there. Look at the, look, look look at that vision that Daniel saw. And I kept looking, and the horn, who is the horn there? The beast, that's the little horn, the Antichrist, was waging war against who? The saints. And he was overpowering them until, thank God for the until. Amen. Are you following? Until what happens? The ancient of this came. And judgment was what? Passed. In favor of the saints of the Most High. And the time arrived when the saints took possession of the kingdom. The ancient of days that I believe is Jesus. It's a tattoo he shares with the father. He shows up and judgment was passed in their favor. What do you think about that? Where do you suppose that is pointing to? Judgment that was passed in our favor. Remember he was overpowering now, this prophecy has more than one application, I believe. It has happened in the past. It may be happening now. It will ultimate, the real one will be in the future. Are you, are you following? But can you remember any time in the past, in recorded Bible history, that you can say, that's when this happened? Hmm? Of what we read. When he was overpowering the saints, and the ancient of this showed up, and judgment was passed in favor of the saints, and they were and they received the kingdom. Not primarily Pentecost. Pentecost is a, a part of it. Help me out, somebody. Come on. We don't have more time. Yeah? You're on the right track, but where could you listen to this away? It was overpowering the saints until the ancient of days showed up. And judgment was passed in favor of the saints. And king, the kingdom was given to them. Um, that's a picture. These are pictures 
I'm talking about somewhere you can say that was fulfilled in the past, even though the real fulfillment is in the future. Yeah, in the past. What you guys are giving me is pictures which fall in line with that. Those are pictures. Those are portraits. Old Testament figures of it. The cross. Look at everything that he says there. Don't you see the cross there? The cross. That's why I said you are in line. Because the Pentecost follows the cross. It's a consequence of the cross. Praise the Lord. Now, Pentecost was the day their king was crowned. And the kingdom came down. That's why I said he was in, the, in line. But when the Ancient of Days shows up, he was overpowered. Before Jesus came, the devil was running haywire. Nobody could chain him. It was like that gathering demoniac. You people don't appreciate the coming of Jesus. I'm telling you. <laughs> I said he was running unchecked, unmarked. Why do you think they were asking him, why did you come? Have you come to destroy us? Our time has not come. Because he was overpowering the saints. Starting with all the pictures you are giving me. Yes. But when Jesus came, he said the son of man was what made manifest that he might destroy all the works of the evil one. Are you following? He showed up and judgment was what? Passed in what? In favor of the saints. Where? On the cross. He condemned sin in his flesh and granted us favor, forgave us, reconciled us to God, justified us, took shame away from us and gave us glory, took sin and gave us righteousness. Are you all following? Amen? Took curses and gave us blessings. Judgment passed in our favor. And then Pentecost, the kingdom was given to us. That, that's the past. But the full, real fulfillment is still in the future. Amen? Amen. The kingdom now, we have the kingdom in a measure, not in its consummated form. Amen? Okay, moving on. In the course of his campaign against God's people, the beast will also receive authority or claim over every tribe and people and tongue and nation. This will be such a global authority that had never been exercised by any one leader in time and history. No human or earthly sovereign potentate, Put, okay, potentate, potentate yeah. king, queen, monarch, prime minister, president had received an exercise or will ever have an exercise such scope of evil authority or claim on earth and in history. But thank God for his return, the Christ of God, namely Jesus of Nazareth, we receive from Almighty God an exercise not only on earth and in history or time, but all but over all of the universe and in heaven and beyond time, unprecedented divine authority, namely God's own authority and his greatest measure. Amen. His greatest measure. Stop right there. All right. Um, you, you, you see that? I think Matthew should be Matthew 28. Is that correct? All authority in heaven and earth have been given unto me. Psalms 89, you can read it on your own. It talks about the son of David that God will give, make king. How his hand will be upon the sea and upon the earth. 
absolute authority. That's the true Christ. Are you all following? Amen. That's the true Christ. Hallelujah. All right, moving on. It's eight now. Mm. I think we are moving fast today, right? Amen. <laughs> Verse eight. All, all who dwell on earth will worship him. Everyone whose name has not been written from the foundation of the world in the book of the Lamb who has been slain. Did you notice that? All who dwell on the earth will do what? Worship him. Did you notice that? Amen. And again, what else? Everyone whose name have not been written from the foundation of the world in the book of the Lamb who has been slain. Do you have any questions before we move on? Anybody has any questions there? Is there anything there that is really very, that kind of stirs your curiosity? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. There's such population of humanity is referred No, j- 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 just t- tell me and look at what's your question there from the from the verse that if all who dwell on the earth will worship him. Mm-hmm. So where are the would the church be included? Very good question. Yeah. Very good question. Okay. All right. Any other any other observation? Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fa- the verse uh preceding this uh verse, right? Mm-hmm. It was just said that uh he uh, uh, it was given to him to make war with the saints mm-hmm. and to overcome them. Mm-hmm. And authority over every tribe and people and tongue and nation was given to him. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he kept, and I, okay, that's Daniel. So now, and then the next verse, and then it says, All who dwell worship him, everyone whose name has been written. Is it this worship? Is it? So, how my, my question is this. Between the f- that verse, the last verse and this, so what transformation happened that... Uh, very good question. Very good observation. You know, very good observation. From so you, from you notice uh, that the verse before dealt with the saints, right? Yeah. And then this verse, they all will worship him. Yeah. So in other words, and we were told that he was overpowering the saints, but it looks like the saints resisted him. But here it says all who dwell on the earth. Very good observation. Any other observation before we answer them all together? Any other one? All right. Let's read it. Uh, yes? Mike? Mike? Everyone whose name have not been written. That is a clue. Did you get the clue? From the foundation of the world. Uh-huh. The that is a clue. That's a very good clue to the two observations and questions. All right, so why not we read the outline? That's the purpose of the outline. Let's see what the outline says. Here we see the beast receive global worship from Mm -hmm. among unrepentant and unredeemed humanity. Okay. Such population of humanity is referred to here as as all who dwell on earth. Stop right there. In the book of Revelation, 
Anytime you see all who dwell on the earth, it's talking about unbelievers. He said it in verse 3, right? Exactly. Exactly. You see that? Anytime you come across in the book of Revelation, at least, the whole earth, all who dwell on the earth, is a reference to unrepentant humanity. It doesn't refer to Christians. So does that solve the puzzle? Chigo? Uh, does that? Yes, between the previous verse and this verse. The previous verse were referring to believers. Since he made war against them. Some survived, some were killed. Now, even though some were alive, they were not part of those who worshipped him. All who dwell on the earth. That's the way, you know, biblical expression in the book of Revelation to refer to unbelievers. I, it seems to me that God has reckoned his people, even though they are on earth, he reckons with them as those who are in heaven. And what is our proof for that is the clue that Sister Dufflin pointed out. It, it, the, 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 the all who dwell on the earth is qualified as those whose names had not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the earth. Who are the people whose names are in the book of life? Saints, believers. And you know, when one is born again, you know, in, in the city, in the secular cities, part of the things that go on in labor rooms after babies are born is that they take their names and send to the city. And the mayor will sign certificates. Where did they get that idea from? Heaven. Every time somebody is born again, yeah, the angels take their name and send to heaven, and Jesus signs a birth certificate for them. <laughs> and that's what happens. So the child that's born in New York can go around the world 50 years, 10, 70 years, 80 years after, anywhere in the world. Shows up at the U.S. Embassy there. They say, we want to see your birth certificate. Shows it. You're coming in. Do you understand what I'm saying? So if it's in a foreign country and there's war, they say, oh, destroy all in that country, but anyone in the U.S. Embassy, especially if it's an American citizen, is not included as a target for destruction. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. So, <laughs> moving on, that we have a, a fantastic heritage. If only we can continue to worship and serve God and appreciate Him. If only we can get. Let me tell you this. If only we can take all our. I don't know what to call it. Um, our negatives, our struggles, our pity struggles. We already have victory on the cross. If only we can humble ourselves down. If only we can look at the things that matter. If only we can focus on the right thing. If we can focus on Jesus, it doesn't matter. 
if only you can recognize your own failures, your own weaknesses, and deal with them and stop blaming others. Are you, are you all following? Praise the Lord. Amen. If only you can repent and say, I am the problem, not my neighbor, not my brother, not my sister, not that believer. If only we can humble ourselves to be corrected. Because if you don't take correction now, we may deal with these things in the future. A brother called me this afternoon, was disgusted with certain things happening around in the family. He met with me and that brother and said, listen, Pastor, we need your help. You, you can help us fix the family. Both of us attend church. Some of the people in the family are unbelievers. But they're looking at us, how we conduct things, how we do our things. Do you understand what I'm saying? And um, he said, we, we, literally, what he was saying, we are the epistle that they read. That's what the Bible says. And if we cannot conduct ourselves, do you know that part of our major reason why we're on earth is to win souls? And yet we cannot even handle ourselves in church. That's the whole purpose of doing this study. You remember? Remember when we started? That we might know how to live here so that we will avoid the judgment to come. If we cannot dwell together in unity, if we cannot change, every one of us, I can, I can tell you this, every one of us has something he or she has to change. And not in other people, in us. Are you hearing me? How many of us did I say? All of us. We have to look inwardly. What do I need to change? Don't say that's how I have been like. No. We, remember we're talking about those whose name are written in the foundation of life? That's not how you're going to show up there and say, and they ask you your name. You know in the wedding parties, right? You show up, they show you a table. What's on that table? Your idea, your names, Right? If you don't see your name there, you quietly ship out. <laughs> quietly. I'm telling you, so that we don't show up and say, ask the angels, my name there. This is the only time we have. You know, it's here. Uh, years ago, I was in a, a fellowship where some leaders were fighting and quarreling and fighting and quarreling. And one of them stood up and said, don't worry. When we get there in heaven. I was sitting there looking at them. And he was serious. And this was a, somebody who's been in the Lord for years. I said, brother, you can't go to heaven with this. When we go to heaven, the Lord will judge between you and I. Mm -hmm. Can we really humble ourselves? You know, and come out of it. Let's move on. What verse? Typically, what verse are we on? Verse 8. Ah, okay. Typically. Where are you on? Okay, okay. Now we're reading it, right? Yeah. Here we see the beast. Good. Let's go. Typically, in the book of Revelation, the expression is always a reference to unredeemed humanity, just as you explained. Mm -hmm. And it's never inclusive of the church, namely God's people or the redeemed. This is why in this verse, 
John went further to clarify who he was referring to by the characteristic, uh, characterizing them, them mm -hmm. as everyone whose name have not been written from the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb. Of course, it is common knowledge that the church is the, is the community of the blood washed, redeemed of God, and heavenly, and heavenly citizen whose name has been enrolled in the Lamb's book of life mm. in heaven and before the foundation of the world. Stop right there. Ephesians 1, quickly. Let's see it for ourselves. Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1, three verse to 3 to 4. Mm -hmm. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places mm -hmm. in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him in did love. He, did he say that? He chose us when? when? Before the foundation of the world. He chose us there. Then he brought us here to live out, to express, to demonstrate why he chose us. Is that clear? Huh? Okay. So what does he want from us here? After he chose us in, in before the foundation of the world, what does he want from us here? Yeah, yeah, read that again. What does he want from us? To be what? Nona? Oh. To be what? Nona is carried away. <laughs> Minding her business there. No, I'm not. Uh -huh. That we might be holy and what? Blameless. Holiness there means to be different from the world. That's the meaning of holiness. Did, did you, did you, before you come in, my sister, do you understand the holiness? If we are behaving the way the world is behaving, then we are not holy. I, I know when we talk about holiness, we begin to lead the things we shouldn't drink and eat and all that. Those are good. Yes, it's true. But you never ever stop any, drinking anything unless you see it as worldly. <laughs> so the primary mindset about holiness is being different from the world. When you know you're different from the world, you don't struggle not to smoke. <laughs> Am I right? You don't struggle not to take alcohol. When they bring alcohol, they say, no, I don't take. They say, why? You say, I'm a born-again Christian. And you stand your ground. That's the point. They say, boyfriend, girlfriend. They say, what's that? They say, where are you? Are you not on this? They say, no, I'm not. I'm in heaven. Sister Dufflin. Mike. trying to understand um, verse 4 said just as he chose us mm -hmm. before the foundation of the world oh. and then in Revelation verse 8 he mm -hmm. said everyone whose name have not been written from the foundation he's of talking the world. to about unbelievers their names have not been written they have been chosen unbelievers right no we have been chosen and I, I, I know the, 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 the question, a question is, let me put that question right. Because some people say, if you're not chosen by God, you cannot be saved. Huh? Are you, are you for, is that true? That's where you're driving. Which is a good question. Uh, yeah, I will clear it up now. Get, get the mic. Clear, uh, put your question 
what I'm really asking is that um, if he said in verse 4 that just as he has chose us in him before the foundation of the world, mm -hmm. that we will be holy and blameless before him. Mm -hmm. But in Revelation, it's saying everyone whose name have not been written from the foundation of the world. So my question is, um, who did he choose before um, the foundation of the world? Did, did you understand the question? The, the, let me put that question generally because somebody will ask you that question. There is a branch of Christianity that says that only those whom God has been chosen will be saved. They are Calvinists. Have, eh? uh, no, that's Jehovah's Witness. That's a different thing altogether. But, but there are Calvinists. Calvinism is a, a, a theology in Christianity that said those that will be saved, and they will tell you there's no need preaching to everybody because God has already chosen those who will be saved. Arminianism says no. God wants everybody saved. Are you following? And I believe the last one. Here's what happens. God knows ahead of time those who will receive and those who will not receive. It's not as if he chose some for eternal life and chose some for damnation. No. He wants that, that none should perish, but that all might come to eternal life. But being who he is, who knows the end from the beginning, he knows he will respond and who will not respond. So at that point, he may have written some names down based on what he already knows about them. Did you understand that? It's, a, it's an issue that may take us six months to, <laughs> to resolve. I'm telling you because there are arguments. These people will bring verses that ten, tend to support them. The other side will bring verses. But look at it this way. The things that God knows who will respond and who will not respond. And he says somewhere, he said to Moses, leave them and I will erase, if anybody sins, I will erase their name out of the book of life. I wish we have time. We see all the scriptures that talk about book of life. So some names may be raised, and that comes against those who say once saved, always saved. Did I answer your question? Oh, okay. Yeah, no, it's a very important issue because actually that means we are paying attention because that's what he wrote there. Let, let, let's look at Hebrews 12. But if it's not clear to anybody, let me know. Hebrews 12. Hebrews twelve eighteen to 24. Mm -hmm. For you have not come to a mountain that can be touched, mm -hmm. and to blazing fire, mm -hmm. and to darkness and gloom, and mm -hmm. whirlwind, mm -hmm. and to the blast of a trumpet, and the song of words which sung was such that those who heard begged that no further word be spoken to them. Mm. For they could not bear the command, if even a beast touches the mountain, it will be stoned. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I am full of fear and trembling. But you have Stop come... right there. So who was he talking about up to that moment? Were you paying attention? Who was he talking about quickly? Uh, you are not paying attention. The children of Israel. Praise the Lord. Mount Sinai. Amen. The old covenant. Let's look at Mount Zion now. Pastor Desmond... You're on cloud nine. 
Let's look at Mount Sinai. That's, who does Mount Sinai speak of? The church. Okay, let's go. But you have come to Mount Zion mm -hmm. and to the city of the living God. Listen, what's the city of the living God? The church, spiritual, Jerusalem or Zion. Okay, physical. Spiritual Jerusalem or Zion. The Jerusalem from above. Go ahead. The heavenly Jerusalem. The heavenly, you see that? Jerusalem, huh? And to the myriads of angels. And to myriads, innumerable company of angels. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn. Okay. Who are enrolled in heaven. Ah. And to God, the judge of all. Who and are enrolled where? In heaven. The Bible says our citizenship is in heaven. From whence our so on and so forth. Yes. And to God, the judge of all, uh -huh. and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, mm -hmm. and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, uh -huh. and to the sprinkled blood which speaks better than the blood of Abel. Come on. Is that clear? So that's enrollment. Enrollment. Make sure your name is still there. Anything, tiny things, attitudes. You know, if we can, we can talk about attitudes tonight, words, actions, attitudes, anger, bitterness, resentment, all kinds of negative emotions, these things can rob you. Um, pride, all kinds of things. Words, hurtful words, rotten words, boastful words, all kinds of things. Actions, confusion. I mean, unbelievable. Move on. Let's read. Let, let, let's finish verse 8 and we'll go. We have 10 minutes to go. By these expressions of the unredeemed here as all who dwell on earth, John was not implying that God's people will not be on earth at that time. Did, is that clear? Okay. There will be on earth, on the earth at that time, a population of God's people, the church. They will constitute all these only segment, the only segment the only segment of humanity on the earth at that time who will not yield to such fla uh, flagrant, flagrant flagrant idolatry that will be that will be medi mediated and perpetrated by the antichrist and the false prophet these are the committed christians who had by faith recognized the fact that their names have been written in the lamb's book book from the foundation of the world, and they will express such faith as belief through a lifestyle commitment. A lifestyle commitment. A lifestyle commitment, mm. holiness, and righteousness on earth. No gain saying such as deviance against the worship. Defiance. Defiance. No gain saying such no a defiance. Such mm -hmm. a defiance against the worship of the beast will bring many of them to martyrdom. Mm -hmm. The book of life of the Lamb's of the Lamb spoken of here is a register or record of the list of all those who have by faith and belief in Jesus of Nazareth as the true Christ and the re uh, reliance on merits and his finished work as the sole basis. And reliant on his merits. I'm sorry, my mistake. Okay, and on his merits. And reliant on his merits and his finished work as the sole basis for salvation and righteousness. Receive God's provision of redemption from the power of sin, death, the world, Satan, and his kingdom. Mm -hmm. The emphasis, emphasis on the fact that the timing of the writing of the names of the saints is before the foundation of the world. 
alludes to the certainty of God's provision. Providence. Over oh, sorry. Providence over them. And even in their weakness and seeming defeat in the hand of the beast and in the face of the most unprecedented hostility of evil against them. So, in other words, the emphasis of the fact that their name had been written the before the foundation of the world means that nothing on earth can take them out of that register. Like the devil's hostility. Do you understand what I'm saying? The devil's pressures, if they resist the devil. Amen? The ink does not fade. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Continue. In other words, irrespective of the pressures, persecutions, trials, afflictions, and overall tribulation that await the sense of God in the future, God had, through the finished work of his, of his Christ, secured their redemption, salvation, and overall destiny. And he, and he will, by his enduring providence, bring them through the course of tribulation and ultimately to a real, a, a real experience of not merely victory, but of triumph over all that Satan, the beast, and the rest of their evil forces will bring up against them. The experience of methadone by God's people does not in any way suggest the absence of God's providence over them. It is instead, where necessary, their expression in a supreme way of their belief in and committed to God, his Christ and his finished work. It was the Christ who had laid down for his disciples or followers such standard of commitment when he warned. Stop right there. The whole point there is that the fact that some of them will be killed by the Antichrist doesn't mean that God abandoned them. Are, are you following? Or God looked the other way. Or God was not strong enough to deliver them. Amen? Praise God. So even in that situation, they expected to be committed. Here's what Jesus said about that. Mm -hmm. If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. For whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's sake will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the, world, the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what will a man give in exchange of his soul? Mark 8.34. Is that clear? Huh? Yes. Is that, does that, those words of Jesus fit into what we are reading? Yeah. Um, every, every believer is a potential matter. <laughs> and that's the point. But God will continue to protect us in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, yes, Mike. Can you uh, try, uh, can you, the, this take off his cross, mm. can you briefly explain the, the, what that, you know, means? Okay. To take off his cross means, especially in the context we're looking at, means be prepared to face what I faced. Be prepared. It could be death. It could be persecution, death. Be willing, be prepared to not just to face those things, but face it with commitment. 
Praise God. Eh? And, and, and let's look at it. And I, I am glad you asked that question. Very interesting question. If anyone wishes to come after me, to worship me, to serve me, one word for that is belief. Did you notice that? You will have the same attitude, the same words, the same action that I have. He must deny himself. You know what self is there, of course, right? And why must he deny himself? Why must? What does it mean to deny self? Give up self? Give, Give yourself up? And another practical way of saying it is that learn to say no to any desire, any will that's not in line with Scripture. And it may demand you to give up your personality, both in any way. You're right. And also, it means that your comfort should not be primary anymore. In fact, sometimes the comfort of others. And also, when you're doing something, think about others. We were talking about a situation over there last night. Self-pity, self-pride, self-comfort. And it's somewhere, the writer of Hebrews says, you have not even strived yet to the point of death. Some of these things signify death. If your belly always wants you to eat, and you say, today I'm not going to eat, that's death there. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. Are you hearing me? If you respond to everybody that talks to you, and they always say to you, you're not talking back to death. You die. You're dead there. You're honestly. Okay. Uh, on the job about two days ago, pharmacy flagged us. Said, you guys use narcotic. You didn't re- register everything. You know, some people think they can make mistakes. It's not true. No matter how careful you are, a time will come for you to know you're human. So they flagged me, and I didn't understand why. But I was irritated. It's okay. What is it? There was this other girl. She doesn't think she can make mistakes. They flagged her. She was embarrassed. They flagged her. She wrote it. We left. She was going home. She went to the locker room to change. And she came back, running. Where's the lady? Where's the lady? Now I know what happened. It wasn't me. It was Dr. So-so-so who did the da-da-da-da-da. Because when he covers you, he writes the medication by himself and say, yes, that's true. It can happen, blah, 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 blah. It can happen. Yeah, it could also happen to you. Okay. That was on Tuesday. Today, the pharmacy lady met me and said, well, you know what, I came back. So, 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 lady made the same mistake again. And then the lady saw me and said, I was flagged again. I don't know. I'm very careful when I'm there. I say, yes, I believe you. But you can make mistake too self says, I'm better than others. I will never ever make mistakes. Have you seen some people quarreling and they say, you did this, I didn't do this, I did Nobody said, let me pause. I know I could never do that. Pause. And yourself could be hot. You will never always get people say the best thing about you. And things are not go- always going to work the way you want it in the group. If self is not dead, you can't take it. 
And then there's going to be a time self say, real blood, death, physical death. Everything is included there. Take up your cross and follow me. Is that correct? Amen. For whoever wishes to save his life, soul, will lose it. <laughs> whoever loses his life, for my sake and the gospel's sake, will save it. You understand? Look at Abraham and Lot. Abraham was willing, that's not physical death now, right? Was willing to give up his right. Guess what? Did he gain? He returned it. But Saul grappled. Oh, what's his name? Lot. And then he wanted to save his life, but he lost it. He took the wife, everybody into that. The wife, he didn't come out with everybody. He didn't, couldn't come out with the wife. The daughters he came out with were dysfunctional. So, and that's what it means. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Or would a man gain in exchange of his soul? We can continue on that one next week. Amen? So we'll finish here. We'll end here for tonight. Next Friday is all night. Is that correct? Oh, really? Is the other one? I'm almost counting wrong. Okay. Yeah. All right, so we're going to... We'll try and finish up. Is it possible? If we go the way we went today, we'll finish. Yeah, ne next week. Amen? So for those of you who joined us late, we observe that we are still... This is the latter part of this chapter 13, right? This chapter and the next chapter will end the third interlude. We are now in the third interlude, you remember? And the subject of, we are in chapter 13, chapter 12 was the woman and the woman's child and the dragon, amen? And some of the women's children, right? We are now in chapter 13, which is primarily the two beasts. Is that correct? Chapter 14 will be about the lamb, the, the one turned for, for the 4,000, and the vision of the two angels and the reapers. Very good. That's 14. Then 15 will start with the seven bulls. I'm working on that now. Amen? President. So what we're seeing here is the last phase of the great tribulation. Amen? In 14, the redeemed are out of it. And the Son of Man comes in in a vision. And reaping will begin. And after he sets his people apart, he will now release the seven bulls. And in 14, Babylon falls. That evil civilization. We are headed by the devil and the beast. Will fall in the next chapter. The fall of Babylon. That's interesting. Amen? And from that on, that's the final operation. God takes over. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So let's, um, I know it's not too hot today. How has the AC been feeling? It's feeling cold now. Yeah, 